So this morning, I have no idea what I did with my sermon notes. <laughs> but we will look at the Word of God from uh, John chapter 20, verse 19 to verse 31. But I'm going I'm to take us, and I'm going to focus us on verse 24, verse 24 through verse 29. Okay, verse 24 through verse 29. This is what it says. Now Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. For 2,000 years, for 2,000 years, we have given Thomas this name or this label, and we have called him Doubting Thomas, right? He is the, he is the disciple who doubted his faith. He is the disciple who didn't believe that Jesus Christ has risen. And so for 2,000 years of Christian history, he's been labeled with this label, just being called Doubting Thomas. And yet one of the things that we realized when we read the Scripture was this, that Thomas was not the only one that was actually doubting his faith. Even many of the disciples at that time, they were doubting their faith. They were doubting in the risen Christ. I mean, they've been walking with Christ for three and a half years. Jesus Christ have taught them over and over again that he's going to die, and after that, he's going you know, to be risen. After three days, he's going to rise up from the dead. He's going to be resurrected. And for those, those three and a half years, he continued to teach them that, but they never got it. They never understood it. They never really believed in it. We see, we see previously the verses before this. We see John. We see that John didn't believe until John actually saw the linen and the cloth in the tomb on that, that, that Easter morning. And when he saw that, the Word of God teaches us that he finally believed based upon the evidence that was in the tomb at that time. Because the body was no longer there, but the cloth and the linen were perfectly folded there. And so the Scripture teaches us that he believed at that time. Before then, I think it was hard for him to believe too. And we see before this, we see from verses 19 to verse 21, verse 23, we even see that the disciples, that the disciples, they didn't believe until Jesus Christ actually appeared to them. Jesus Christ appeared to them while they were fearful for their own lives. They locked themselves up in this room because they're fearful for their own lives. They're fearful that they're going to be persecuted by the Jewish leaders. And they hid themselves in that room. And Jesus Christ appeared to them. And they believed. And we see Mary Magdalene. We see Mary Magdalene in the garden, in the tomb. And we see that she didn't believe until Jesus Christ actually spoke to her. Because before Christ spoke to her, 
all she was seeking after was the dead body of Jesus Christ. And we see that in, in how she spoke to Jesus Christ when she thought that Jesus was the gardener. And she says, you know, all I want is the body. All I want is the body of my Lord. So you see, that morning she wasn't even seeking for the risen Christ. Even though she knew that Jesus Christ has taught her all these years and taught the disciples all these years that he was going to rise from the dead. But she wasn't seeking for that. She wasn't seeking for that. She was seeking for the dead body of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't until Jesus said, Mary, that she turned around and she saw the risen Christ that she also believed. So sometimes it's kind of unfair for us to just blame everything on Thomas, right? That Thomas, this Thomas guy, is the guy who didn't believe. He's the one that doubted. But what Thomas wanted was Thomas simply wanted the same experience that all the other people had, that all the disciples had, that Mary Magdalene had. He wanted that experience. He wanted to see Jesus Christ for him to believe. And as he was seeking for this, Jesus Christ revealed himself to him a week later. And he finally saw the risen Christ. And he finally proclaimed that this is my Lord, that this is the Lord. And when we talk about faith, we often think about what is faith? What is this all about? What, what are we talking about when we talk about faith? We have all kinds of definitions for faith. But the scripture teaches us that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. It is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So what is that talking about? Being sure of what we hope for. What is it that we hope for? We are hoping for this eternal life, this promise or these promises that God has given to us. And that is what faith is all about. It's about being absolutely certain that we will receive the promises that God has given us. Because Jesus Christ has resurrected. That Jesus Christ is the living God. He is the living God. Unlike, unlike the founders of many different religions who have died, Jesus Christ actually rose from the dead. And so this is the one that we are worshiping. The Apostle Paul teaches us, and he says this in scriptures, he says that if Jesus Christ never resurrected from the dead, if the resurrection never took place, if the resurrection is untrue, then everything that we do today is done in vain. Everything that we do today has absolutely no meaning. Everything that we do today brings, does not bring anyone salvation if the resurrection is untrue, if the resurrection is not real, if the resurrection was simply a hoax then everything we do today is meaningless. There is no hope for salvation for us. That's how much the resurrection means to Christianity. That's how much it means to Christianity. And so we can't come to, we can't practice Christianity without believing in the resurrection. And I'm, I'm sure that you have your doubts. I'm sure I have my doubts. We all have doubts, just like Thomas did. We all have doubts. But one of the good, good things about this is we realize that faith often comes with doubt. 
Doubt often accompanies faith. But you know what? God calls us to reason with him. And Isaiah, God says, come and reason with me. God doesn't want us to follow him blindly. But he wants us to come and reason for him, with him. Just as, just as Thomas was calling out, I want to see this. This is what I need for my faith. And he was reasoning with God. And he was reasoning with his Lord. And his Lord revealed himself to Thomas. And he says, Thomas, here I am. I am here to provide you the evidence of my resurrection. And it is through that that Thomas believed. And Jesus Christ did the same thing for all those who doubted him during his time. He offered himself and they all saw him for who he was. And part of the reason why we as Christians, part of the reason why why we believe in their testimony is because all of the disciples, all of the disciples died for their faith. They're all willing to go. They're all willing to go. They're all willing to die and sacrifice themselves for, for their faith. And many times we may question, we may say, you know what, there's a lot of people nowadays that are willing to die for their faith. So what is the difference? The difference is this. The difference is that many people today, many people today, they're not in a position to know whether or not what they're saying is true or false. The disciples, they were in that position. They were in the position to know whether or not what they were saying is true or false. If it was false, all they had to do was recant from their faith. And they would not be persecuted for their faith. And yet none of them recanted from their faith. And they were all murdered for their faith because of that. The only person to die a natural faith was John. Was John, and that's it. Because they couldn't kill him, so they exiled him. They exiled him into the island of Patmos. And so that's part of the reason why we believe is because we believe in their testimony because of the things that they went through, even while they were in the position to know whether or not what they were talking about is true or false, they still went through with it till the end, to, to the point that they were crucified, to the point that their heads were being chopped off, they were being, the, the spears were being thrust through their bodies, yet they held on and they, they did not recant because of what they saw that Easter morning because of what they saw, because of what they observed. Faith, many times we wonder, well, what is faith? Is it simply in the existence of God? Is that enough to simply believe that God exists? Well, the scripture teaches us that even demons believe that God exists, but yet they shudder. And so we know that just believing that God exists is not Christian, it's not the end of the Christian faith. But there's more to the Christian faith than just believing that God exists. There's more to that. Christian faith also calls us, it also calls us to believe in the promises that he's given us, the promises that he's given us, the promises that we will receive because we follow Christ. It also requires us to believe in those promises to believe in the promises of the scriptures, to believe in what God has revealed to us through his own words. Faith requires us to be obedient to these things, 
The Christian faith calls us to be obedient to God. Not simply to just believe in his existence, but to be obedient to him. Faith calls us, faith calls us into action. Faith calls us to love, to have compassion upon other people. To love the poor, to love, to have compassion upon the sick. James, the brother of Jesus Christ, says that faith without works, faith without love, faith without passion, faith without any action is a faith that is dead, meaning that it is not, it is not real faith. And so the Christian faith calls us to these things. It calls us to live a life of love and compassion towards other people, towards the sick, towards the poor, towards the widows, towards the orphans, towards everybody. This is what Christian faith is all about. It's not simply, it's not simply just about believing that God exists. That's not it. It doesn't end there. That's part of it. That's part of it. But it doesn't end there. In our own lives as Christians, does our faith move us towards these things? Does our faith move us towards obedience? Does our faith move us towards, towards compassion, towards love for our fellow human beings? Does it do that? One of the things that I love about Methodism is the idea of holiness, the idea of sanctification. Even the CMA, we, we, have, uh, we have what's called a fourfold gospel, which the Pentecost, they kind of adopted from us the fourfold gospel, and they turn it into the four square or something like that. But in the CMA, we have the fourfold gospel. And one of that is we adopted from the Methodists, which is Christ as our sanctifier. Christ as our sanctifier. And that's talking about moving towards holiness every day in your life. That every day with your faith, that it's not just a faith that keeps you where you're at, but it's a transforming faith that is moving you towards holiness each and every single day until the day you meet your Jesus Christ. Is that the type of faith that we have in our life? Is it a faith that is sanctifying us? Is it a faith that's moving us towards God? Is it a faith that's moving us towards holiness? Or is it a faith that's just leaving us at one spot and we're, we're not going anywhere? Because that's not what the Christian faith is about. Because the power of God is too great. The power of Jesus Christ is too great to leave us where we're at. He's going to take us and he's going to bring us closer and closer to him each and every single day. Now, of course, one thing that we at CMA, we, we disagree with John Wesley on is the idea of perfection. John Wesley often talked about the idea of perfection in this life. Um, in the CMA, we don't believe in that. We believe that we will continue moving towards holiness, but that we will never reach perfection until we meet Christ. And so that's something that we disagree with John Wesley on. But, we, but with the idea itself about sanctification is something that we can all agree on. That that's life, that all Christians can agree on. That, our, that the power of God, the power of God is a transforming power. That when he has a hold of us, that he's going to change us. That he's going to bring us closer and closer to God. We also see in the story of Thomas, we also see that on that morning, Thomas was not, a week before, Thomas was not with the disciples. We have no idea where he went. We have no idea. We had no idea what he was doing, but we know from the scriptures that he was not with the disciples. And because he was not with the disciples, 
He did not get to see Jesus Christ. He did not get to see Jesus Christ. And the following week, the following week, he was now this time he was with the disciples and he experienced the risen Christ. And so we see that faith, faith is often experienced not as individuals, but as a church. As a church. We experience our faith and we grow in our faith by coming together as a church, as a community. The Christian faith is, you know, God never called us to be Lone Ranger Christians, you know, God never called us to be alone. That's not the whole point. God called us into a community, and that community is the church. And it is in that community that our faith is nurtured. It is in that community that our faith grows. Because in that community, we're gonna, we are going to experience all kinds of things. Some things are very good, some things are very negative, but all these things that we experience will help our faith grow. In that community, we hear the word of God being preached. In that community, we hear the word of God being taught to us. And in that community, that's where our faith grows. And so we see when Thomas was not with them, Thomas did not experience Christ. But when Thomas was with them, he experienced Christ. I know a lot of times nowadays, the people of my generation, we like to be, you know, we, we like to be alone. You know, we often think that, you know, we can just be lone rangers. We just stay home and be Christians, right? But the Word of God teaches us that that's not the case. Biblical Christianity doesn't teach us to just stay home. But biblical Christianity says for us that we must not forsake the assembling of the people. We must not forsake that. And we must always come together so that by coming together, we will grow in our faith. By coming together, we can help nurture one another. So that way we grow stronger in our faith, be closer to Jesus Christ. And so whether or not we like it, that's what the Word of God teaches us about our faith, is to be in that community, to be active in that community, to be part of that community. And in that community, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, but through all of our experiences, we learn. We learn. A lot of times we need to learn how to tolerate with each other, right? A lot of times that's what we need. It gives us... It teaches us about grace when we have to tolerate each other. It teaches us exactly how much God had to tolerate on behalf of us. So a lot of times when I think about other people in the church, and I, I, I know that you know, sometimes other people, they, they just like to do their own thing, and you know, it's like, man, you, you can't take it anymore, right? You can't tolerate this anymore. But then when you start thinking about your relationship with God, when I start thinking about my relationship with God, I realize that God... The Bible teaches us that God is a long, long-suffering God. That means that he's been suffering for me for a long time because I've been so rebellious <laughs> against him. And so with his grace towards me, I have no choice but to share the same grace with other people in the church. And so by seeing, by seeing my relationship with God, by seeing my relationship with um, Jesus Christ, it helps me in my relationship with other people in the church. Even when many times they'll rebel against you, many times they, they, want, you know, they, they want their own thing. But regardless, regardless, God is suffering for you, so you have to suffer for other people. And so it helps us grow in grace. It helps us understand what it means to love. And so that's the message I want us to really remember today is that faith is not simply in just believing that God exists. Well, that's part of it. That's not all of it. it also, faith also calls us to be confident in the promises that he's given to us. 
And faith calls us to be obedient to him. To be obedient to him. To listen to what he's teaching us. To trust, that, like the song we sang, to trust and to obey in him. And that faith, faith happens in the community. Happens in the church. We can't be home every Sunday and expect us to grow in the faith. We have to be among the people. We have to be among the community. When I was in the CMA, I worked with the youth, and so I got them very excited about the church, and they would come to church every day, and they'll say, you know, we need to be around each other. And so they'll always come to church every Sunday, uh, every, you know, every weekend, to the point that the elders started saying, you know, you guys need to stay home. You know, we don't want you here at church anymore. <laughs> but, you know, we, I want to I I see that within us. I want to see the excitement to be, for us to be in the church, to be among God's people. Just be excited about to be around each other, knowing that that's, that's the will of God. And that's what God wants us to be, is to be among each other so that we can help each other grow in our faith. Okay, so let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much. Father, we thank you so much for each other. We thank you so much for the faith that you've given us. And Father, many times we come before you with our faith, and many times we have doubts inside our hearts. But far, Father, regardless of this, we know, we know that you will never forsake us and that you will reason with us and keep us close to you. And so, Father, we pray that you will continue to do this with us, each and every single one of us. Continue to sanctify us each and every single day as you bring us closer and closer to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we lift up everyone up to you in the name of our Lord, we pray. Amen.